0: Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially, and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Well, hey, 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 Liverpool One Church, you sounding amazing today. You can go ahead and take your seats. It really is just great to have every single one of you with us gathering in church today. And that's for every single one that is in the auditorium, but also if you are joining us online in your pyjamas, sat off in your living room doing your thing, then we want you to know from the off that you are just as much part of our friendship group and family group that is this community that is called Liverpool One Church. We're glad that you're here. And we're starting a brand new series today called Legacy and we're gonna jump into that in just a moment. But before we do, can we just do one quick thing? Uh, you know what? I have the, um, the honour and the privilege of getting to just work with some of the absolute, the best and the most humble staff team um, on the planet. I, I really believe that. And we have the absolute best volunteers in the life of this church here right now. But can we say a big thank you to Dave Alex for the amazing message that he brought last week. The final part of the blessing of being still just whole nother level. And I'm so pleased that he looks up to me so much. And no, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, you know, we're gonna jump into a, the start of a new series, but I guess that the tension that I'm always trying to manage and trying to wrestle whenever I'm preparing to do these talks is the tension between inspiration and education. Because I'm like you, I love it when we, we bring messages that are super inspirational. You kind of leave church feeling like you're ready to go fight the world and achieve your dreams and go for more, go for bigger, go for better. And I love that too and I love delivering that. But one of the things that I've learned just following God for a number of years now and being part of building a church is that inspiration will only get you so far in life. And actually what you need and what I need more if we want to see the change that we desire and dream of come to fruition in our lives is sometimes a little less inspiration and a little more education. The problem though for me being a communicator is that I always worry that when we're gonna do something that's a little bit more you know, education-focused and a little bit less raw. Um, I don't want to lose everybody in the first five minutes. But what I'm going to ask you to do today is just lend me your ears because I believe that if we onboard ourselves with some new ways of thinking, it will make change possible that will last longer than if it just comes off the back of an inspirational message that might last 24 hours, three, four days, a week at absolute best. I think that we're all the same. I think that you're actually very similar to me and likewise in reverse too. We've all got fears and we've all got concerns. I don't know what your biggest fear in life is. Now, I'm not talking about like, you know, you're scared of spiders. My wife is. She absolutely hates spiders. Like whenever there is a spider in our house, you will see the biggest, you know, EastEnders dun-dun-dun drama on the planet if she sees a spider, right? I'm not talking about like, what do you fear in terms of spiders or a mouse or something like that? I'm talking about... What is it that really concerns you and bothers you and makes you worry the most? Because actually when you get down to the core of it, I think that you're the same as me. And what I worry about the most, what I think I fear the most is living a life that doesn't count for anything. I think that what I fear the most is getting to the end of my life and feeling like I haven't done everything that I could have done with my life. Maybe getting to the end of my life and, starting to feel this sense of when I go what will be the legacy that I leave the people that will come after me like it just it just bothers me because I'm convinced that we're all on the planet for a reason and for a purpose and I'm just committed to I want to find out what my purpose is I want to know why I'm here and you're the same you want to know what are you born to do what are you born to accomplish and yet it's true that many of you work some of you hate your jobs some of you love your jobs And for the ones that love your jobs, like it kind of, it does it for you in the sense that it pays wages and maybe you've got some promotions and it is fulfilling, but you know the same thing that I know now, and that's that it doesn't complete you. And it's the same in our relational lives too. When you're young, you grow up thinking like, oh, if I could just get married, have a wife, have a husband, then it's gonna be so amazing. I think that it is, and it can be, and to have that level of intimacy and closeness and relational connection is amazing but whilst it can be fulfilling, it doesn't complete me and neither does it complete you too. That's why sometimes it can feel almost like there's something missing and yet you're in a great relationship. It's the same being a mum and a dad. You know, we look at our parenting and look at what we're investing into the next generation and our children and it is fulfilling and it's rewarding when he gets the achievement or the accolade or the thing, you know, it's amazing. But it doesn't give you this sense of this completes you. It leaves you feeling like Is there a bigger part in the timeline of history that I might have to play? Is there something else for me to do? And I think that that very thing that we're talking about is the sense of wanting to leave a legacy. Leaving a legacy is when you live your life committed to almost bettering those that will come after you, even if you are not the one that gets to reap the reward of that very thing. So as we start this series today, I wanna pray and ask that God would help us all live a life that counts and that is worth something and that truly matters at the end. And that won't happen if it's just my words alone. So can you guys pray with me very quickly? Heavenly Father, as we start this brand new series today, I pray that you would help us all leave church today, knowing, feeling and sensing like you've called us to live with a greater level of purpose in our lives so that we can all individually pursue the legacy that you've called us to live. Help me by the power of your Holy Spirit to make these words make sense so that they land deep in the soil of people's lives like that of a seed planted in a good environment. Make this talk last like that. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said together, amen. Okay, so if I were to ask you a question and say, who is there that maybe you're aware of that has left a great legacy in the world or the planet or even in your life, I think that we'd all potentially come up with some very varied and different ideas. We could talk about Nelson Mandela, what an inspiration he was, but for others, we could talk about your parents, like they've left the greatest degree of impact in your life. Or maybe it was a school teacher, maybe it was a neighbour, but the way that they lived and the way that they were with you and around you, even though they may have passed and may have gone, has left you living out and walking in the legacy that they gave you. In other words, your life is better and stronger because of the legacy that they have left. And I don't know what you've ever thought about partaking of in terms of a legacy that you would want to leave. But I guess that my goal is that we would all leave church today committed to leaving a legacy, building a life that is really going to count for something that is just bigger than yourself. And I don't know what it might be for you. For some of you, you might be just super committed right now to dealing with the world's energy consumption problem. And if you can fix that, personally, I would be really grateful because my gas bill has gone sky high right now. Anybody else's? So if you can fix that, I will love you long time, I promise you. That would be amazing. For others of you, you've got this dream that you incubate, that you want to be involved somehow, some way in solving world poverty. For others, it's you want to save the Amazon. You want to be involved in helping climate change not be the threat that it really is because it is a real thing. But the reality of it is, is that building a legacy, building a footprint on the planet is like a way in which you cement your entire life's work so that it benefits future generations. That's what leaving a legacy is. Just like a farmer who would choose to plant an apple tree and yet never receive the joy of being able to walk through the orchard, that's what it looks like when you choose to build and grow a legacy in your life. It's like you're choosing to be away for the benefit of others that you may never be a recipient of the joy that that brings others, yet you'll know that your investment is having and paving a positive difference in other people's lives. I mean, we could think of a numerous, numerous examples of people who have done this. We could talk about Martin Smith. We could talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Sorry, Martin Smith, worship leader. Martin Luther King Jr., oh yeah, civil rights activist that's changed the planet, different guy. Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights change. Worship band have just got onto that like, oh yeah, Martin Smith, I know who that is. It's like we could follow his teachings and see how much of what he has said lasts even after his passing. We could talk about Thomas Edison and the way in which electricity has revolutionised our world, and yet he's died. We could talk about Margaret Sanger and the way in which she was so committed to aiding the plight of women's health services and issues. And these are all people who, now they've died, they didn't ever get to see the fulfilment of the legacy that they now have in fact left us. They're all respected for their life's work, but they just never walked in the fruit of their life's work. And I believe that if you're a follower of Jesus, and let me say this, if you're not, if you're just in here checking things out, you're not really sure what you think about church, you're so welcome. I am truly glad that you're here. Like, this is absolutely a place where we want you to feel like you can belong here as part of the family, even before you might necessarily believe the same thing that we would believe. You're welcome here. And you kind of get off scot-free today because this is not necessarily that you have to do. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, why would you not wanna do this? This is gonna better your life. But if you are a follower of Jesus, I actually believe that Scripture teaches us that there is a way that we are supposed to be living our life today that will leave us with this sense of legacy. Like if you follow Christ, that we are here on the planet to leave it in better shape than it was when we arrived in it. We're here to leave and create a sense of good and things being better for other people and the generations that will come after us. And to do this, I want to frame it by going into the Old Testament To the book of 1 Kings, we're going to go to chapter 8 in just a moment. But the context of this scripture is interesting because we're going to read a passage that if you're anything like me, you can fly past and almost think that the scripture and the text that we're reading is just part of the narrative to the bigger story of what's going on. But what I've learned about the scriptures is that nothing is in there for no reason at all. In fact, there are often some of the most amazing hidden secrets of who God is and what his character is like in what we would fly past because we think it's just narrative or information or just story building up the larger context of what the text is going to get to. So in 1 Kings chapter eight, there is one of these such passages of scripture that is really taking place where Solomon who was the son of King David, had brought the entire nation of Israel around him because they were launching, they were opening, it was the opening ceremony of the temple in Jerusalem. So what Solomon was doing was that he was launching and opening the church that was gonna be the central point for the community to all gather around and not only worship God, but do life together in. And Solomon in this passage He starts to express his thankfulness and his appreciation, and he acknowledges the work of his father, David. He acknowledges his thanks towards him because he sees and recognises that this day that he's living in where they are opening the temple didn't start with Solomon, but actually it started decades earlier in the heart of his father, David. And he's starting to give credence to this idea that God wants us too to live life that is filled with ideas that will benefit not only him but his people that would far outlive ourselves. So we're gonna jump into 1 Kings 8 and start at verse 14. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built so that my name might be there. But I have chosen David." To rule my people, Israel. So, in this small passage of text that sets up the following two verses that we'll get to in a moment, Solomon is trying to give acknowledgement to the fact that he has now learned something that he maybe was previously unaware of. And in the same way, we too might be unaware of it as well. He's starting to acknowledge that it was. David, who had this idea that having been chosen by God, that he would one day build a temple, but he states in the scripture that God had said, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel. And the point being, Solomon is trying to let us know and the entire gathered assembly of Israel that God had not and did not work geographically. What he's saying here is that God does not work through a city or through a region or through a country. God doesn't work through a thing. He was saying that God always works through a someone. It's who he is. God doesn't work through places. He works through people. And in the account that we're referring to, Solomon is acknowledging the way in which God has blessed and worked through the life of his father, David. How? Because God doesn't work through a city. He doesn't choose the tribe of Israel, but God had chosen and worked through David. And he's starting to give an acknowledgement to the fact that there was something in David's heart that saw God bless him. And God loved the fact That there was this thing in David's heart. There was something about God that was not committed to the bricks and the mortar in the way that we sometimes think that's how God works, like God is in the church. He's not in the church at all. He's not in the building. God doesn't care about the bricks the mortar, the steel, the fabric. God does not reside in a building anymore. He resides in you. He lives in your heart. When you are a follower of Christ, He takes up residence there. He no longer lives in a physical building. He lives in you, in a person, not a place. And that's why, really, the reason that as a church, you will always hear us talk about how it is our goal to try and get you to sign up for a team, to just outwork your fellowship of Christ serving on a team. We're always trying to push you in that direction because we want you to be a part of our welcome teams. We, We need you to help build this thing. We want you in a red coat welcoming people in to create that environment that makes them feel relaxed and comfortable. We want you to serve on our media teams. We want you to volunteer and say, hey, I'm willing to invest in the lives of the next generation and serve with Emily Bailey and her incredible team out in powerhouse we're always talking about that but the reason why we're talking about that is because Solomon is starting to give acknowledgement to the fact that God blessed David because there was something within David so it's our goal to get whatever is within you out of you because for as long as it stays in you then the people around you aren't blessed by the very thing that God would bless if only he could get that out of you it's almost like it's our job to get you in a role, in a position, in a place where you can love on other people because God's magnetic to that. He's drawn to that and there are many things that we think that God is drawn to that in fact He isn't and many things that He's not drawn to that we think that He is. An example of this would be that When I was young growing up in church, every single week we would go to the church prayer meeting and we would always pray these prayers of, God, would you move? God, would you send a new move of you to the church? Would you grow the church? Would you let it be the case that in the morning, on Sunday morning, there would be hundreds of people all lined up outside just rushing and fighting to try and get into church? And it's almost like it feels To me now, like we were just playing the wrong prayers. Because what we were doing was we were placing on God a responsibility for something that He had entrusted within our responsibility. We were saying, God, would you grow the church? When I actually think that what God was wanting us to do was not sit around praying that God would grow the church, but want us really to be committed to building an environment that makes people feel comfortable enough to wanna bring their friend or family member to or their work colleague to. And if we would do that, we would grasp that people often don't have a problem with God, they have a problem with church. So that's why we do church the way that we do it, because we're committed to making an environment that makes it easy for you to bring people to, because it's not God's responsibility to grow the church. It's our responsibility to live an inclusive life and allow that which is within our heart get out of our heart so that our friends and our family can see a difference within us and they want what you have. It's almost like, I'm setting this up to talk about Easter very briefly because I think that many of us want to leave a long-lasting legacy of being men and women of faith that make a difference even in a local church setting like this. Well, this Easter, we're gonna be pulling out all the stops. I mean, we're gonna have like, crazy inflatables for all of our youth. We've got inflatables and an animal farm that's coming in for all of our small children. There's going to be amazing food and hospitality. It's just going to be an incredible service to be at. But what's going to make that service incredible is not the stuff that we do externally to get into the building. It's your inclusion of people in your life, because in your heart, you want them to know who God is. So when you open up your heart and invite people and bring people and pick people up to come to church with you this Easter, I think that that becomes magnetic to God and He blesses that and people come into a real relationship with Him because you've taken a step first because God is always drawn to movement. Because God doesn't outwork His dreams through your heart. What God does is He attaches Himself to the dreams that you have in your heart. And we're going to see this is proven in the text further on. But it's almost like giving credence to what the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 11 verse 10, where he says, The righteous prosper and the city rejoices. Almost being like, when the people of God get out of their heart what is in their heart, then the people around them are blessed. So when the righteous prosper, the church prospers, the city prospers, the nation prospers. That's why you've got to get out of you whatever is in your heart to do for God and for others. Because it's not until you do that that life starts to bring to you all that it has for you that you would never be a recipient of unless you would first start to get whatever is in your heart out of your heart. We could almost say it like this. It's because God always chooses a someone, not a something. God never blesses a something, a place, a plan, an event, a thing. He blesses and works and moves through a someone. So now the scripture goes on to teach us what I think is our key point for today. In verse 17, it says, My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, you did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son, your own flesh and blood, he is the one who will build the temple for my name. The Lord has kept the promise he made I've succeeded David my father and now sit on the throne of Israel just as the Lord promised and I have built the temple for the name of the Lord the God of Israel. So what we find in this gathering of all of the people of Israel is Solomon has now built the temple, the church where everyone's going to gather in the community. But he's letting us know that the temple that he's now delivered on first started out as a dream that was conceived in the mind's eye of his father, David. And God blessed David, not because he did it, not because he was the one that had all of the machinery and the construction know-how and ability to formulate the temple, but rather God blessed David just because it was in his heart to do. And actually it was in his heart so much to do that even if he was not the one that would build the temple, he wouldn't walk away from it either. And Solomon was just saying this. He was like, look guys, you've got to know, God blessed my dad Because in his heart, he had a dream to leave a legacy that would far outlive him. That's why God blessed my dad. And that's what he's saying. Now, I think there's two reasons why God blessed David and the way that he did. Firstly, it was because David wanted to do something that was big, not only for God, but also for the people of God. So God attached all of who he was to David because David wanted to do something big for God and for the people of God and that was magnetic to him. The second reason why I think God blessed David was also because David had things in his heart that personally he knew he would never see finished. I mean, imagine doing that, building and working on something, dreaming, planning, scheming on how to do something, yet in the fullness of the knowledge that you would not be the one that cuts the ribbon when the temple opens. That was what was going on here. And yet it was that heart that was magnetic to God. Let's try and make some sense of all this. Across Europe, we have some of the most fantastic and amazing structures that come in the form of cathedrals. And these cathedrals, which are phenomenal to go and walk around and look at and be impressed with their level of architecture and their unique way in which they were built, have often taken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to build. In fact, Strasbourg Cathedral, and there's a picture here that's in France, it took over 500 years to build this thing. And even now today, it's not at a point of completion because the South Tower is still not done. And what that tells me is the same thing that it tells you, that there were people that worked on this cathedral, that designed it, that drew it, that laid out all of the architectural plans, that were the stonemasons and the brick workers on this cathedral that never got to see it completed. I mean, over 500 years, that's almost 25 generations of people will have had their hands touch that cathedral, and yet they never saw it completed. How crazy is that? We could bring it home a little closer and talk about York Minster, one of the most impressive cathedrals in the world in reality. I mean, it took over 250 years to build. It was intended to be the the significant church of the north. And yet again, what do we see? Those that dreamed of it, those that drew the plans for it, the first stonemasons for it, Never actually got to cut the ribbon and walk in and enjoy the very thing that had been created that started out in a, as a dream in their hearts. Or well, what about even the Anglican Cathedral right here in Liverpool? It's one of the it is the largest cathedral in Britain, one of the largest in all of Europe. It's just an incredible feat of architecture. Well, that took 74 years to build and was started in 1904. I mean, how do you get people to commit? to a building project as long as that, knowing that they're never even gonna see it finished or completed. How do you build that mentality even in a church? How do we do that? Well, it starts out by understanding that in the same way that God blessed David because he incubated a dream in his heart, I'm gonna refer to it as the temple in his heart that if only we too could understand that God works the same way today, don't be surprised to look upon what God does in your life when you choose to not only do something big for God, but for the people of God that will even outlive your own life. Don't be surprised to see what God does. I mean, imagine when you get to heaven, somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, can I just say, thank you? Like, thank you because one day you welcomed somebody on the door at Liverpool One Church. Well, that person was my great, great grandfather. And now years on, generations have gone, we're all following Jesus because you made such an impression to that person when you welcomed them in on the door or find some other scenario that we could create. Could you imagine the eternal impact that you can make when you choose to live a life that's beyond yourself? and whatever you do don't think that if you're a student here just passing through that this isn't for you that maybe you should start to live a life of legacy when you go home and when you've got your degree or if you're on a deployment here with work and you're here for 12 months I would say like be all in now like be on board right now because it's not until you start to live life this way that life is able to release that which is stored up for you because it's triggered by you activating the dream the temple that you have in your heart and it takes bravery and courage to get the temple that's in your heart out I can remember when we were in the process of purchasing this very church building that we're in today we needed to raise about a quarter of a million pounds cash and we had 12 weeks to do it so I did what anybody would have done in my situation you go and speak to other people that have done it and you know what they all said to me They all said, you're crazy. You're never gonna be able to raise that kind of money in such a short period of time. Because they said, well, what you're talking about is something called a a capital campaign and in the life of a church, what would tend to happen is if you wanna try and recreate your year's annual turnover, you can do it, but it'll take you between three or five years' time. And I was like, well, I need to recreate an entire year's annual turnover and I've got 12 weeks to do it. And they were like, you're smoking crack. That's never going to happen. You're crazy. That's just absolutely absurd. And I was like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand that Liverpool people are the best people on the planet to go build in a church with. You've got no idea how much they were willing to sacrifice for this. And when I look back now at all that God has done in this place, I look back and think that it's happened because it was just a seed. It was a dream that was in someone's heart to say, God, we're going to be brave, we're going to be bold to believe you big for the good of the people. But there are challenges to getting the temple that is in your heart out of you. There are genuine challenges. And I think that the challenges are often rooted in the fact that when you want to live a life of legacy, you can see where you want to get to, you can see what you want to leave behind you, you just don't know how to get there. But I think that building a legacy is very similar to falling in love. You know if I were to ask you married people, when was it that your wife actually fell in love with you? Chances are you'd not be able to pinpoint the day, the time, the, the week, the month because when she fell in love with you was not an event, it was a process that happened over time. She fell in love with you because you were kind and you were considerate and every time you left her, you gave her a kiss on her cheek. She fell in love with you because that you would wine her and dine her and take her to the best restaurants that you could afford. She fell in love with you because you were kind and considerate and would text her. She fell in love with you because you would not jump on Instagram of a morning without first saying, good morning hon, great to see you again. You know, people fall in love with each other not as a result of, of a one-off event but over time and our reluctance to commit to living a life of legacy is because we often would, we don't know what the next step it is that we need to take in order to get to where we want to get to or sometimes it feels like the distance we've got to travel is just too far there's too much to do I don't know how to get there so we don't start at all I would say that building a legacy or a life that is full of leaving a legacy is similar to going the gym Like going to the gym once doesn't do any good for you at all. No change happens. But if you go to the gym three or four times a week and you go every week and every month for a couple of years, the difference in your physical body is amazing. It's similar to building a life of legacy is like cleaning your teeth. What good does cleaning your teeth do once? No good at all. Your gums aren't any healthier. Your teeth aren't in a better place. They don't look any whiter just because you've cleaned your teeth once. But what happens is, is when you commit to cleaning your teeth for just one minute in the morning and one minute in the evening, and then you do that daily, and you build this habit and this routine of just day after day week after week you're committed to having healthy teeth and healthy gums do you know what you end up having I mean you're not able to say when you got healthy teeth or when you got healthy gums but you ended up living with healthy teeth and healthy gums because you were just committed to doing the small things well doing the right things putting putting whatever it is first and negating anything else that would pull you for one minute doing the small things And I think that that's the challenge, isn't it really, when it comes to trying to live a life that's gonna leave a legacy for those that are beyond us because we don't know what the first steps are. If we were to use an example in closing, and this example really could be a place where you fill in the blank for your own life, like what legacy do you wanna leave behind? If we talk specifically now, and this might not be your thing, your thing might be a different thing, that's okay. The principle will still apply. But if the legacy you would wanna leave behind is you just wanna leave the planet as a stronger man or woman of faith, known for trusting in God, known for bringing your children up in the ways of God, known for being a person in your community that puts Jesus first, that lives a God-centric life, like you wanna leave that kind of a legacy, sometimes, and you can fill in the blank if it's different to that for you, sometimes it can feel so overwhelming because you can see what you wanna do, you can see where you wanna end up, but it just feels like where you are right now is a million miles away. Can I just give you some advice? If you want to live a life of legacy, then don't set unrealistic goals. So in other words, you wanna be a great man of faith, but right now you don't even read your Bible. Don't sort of dis- determine in your heart, I'm gonna read the whole thing cover to cover in the next week. Like don't do that, that's crazy. It's unachievable, it's unattainable. You're just gonna be dismayed when you don't deliver on your own goals that you're setting yourself. And then you're gonna decide, well, that legacy wasn't worth pursuing anyway, because you have this pattern of just failing, of never been able to read the whole Bible in a week. You've gotta learn to dream big, but start small. If you want to live a life of legacy, you dream big. You set your goal. You decide what you want to leave. You decide what you want others to benefit from your existence on the planet. You dream big for the good of God and for the good of the people of God. You dream big of something that will outlast you, but then you start small. For you, it might be different, but I don't know exactly what the dream is that you have in your life. But let's say this rope were to represent the timeline of our life, all of our history. And you've got a dream of the legacy that you wanna leave, but it feels like you can never get there. Dream big and start small. And in our example, if the legacy is all about, you wanna be a good man of faith, a big man of faith, then it doesn't start by reading the Bible cover to cover, for you, it just starts by doing every single day and going, well, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna read the whole Bible. I'm just gonna read one verse a day. Just one verse a day. Like this is the small choice that I'm gonna make and I'm gonna bring into play. I'm just gonna read one verse. And I'm gonna say, God, can you help me understand it? And you keep doing that every single day and the days go by and the days go by and the weeks go by and then maybe another week comes by and you say, well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna start to pray every day. I'm not going to pray for an hour a day because I can't do that and if you're like me you you lose your attention and you don't know what you're saying but I can do five minutes. Like I can read one verse and I can pray five minutes every day. I can make a small step and then after that you decide well I'm not only going to just read my Bible and just pray but now I'm going to start to live a generous life and now I'm going to start to honour God financially and now I'm going to start to reach out to people who are in my world and now I'm going to start to serve in a church and now I'm going to get on a team and now I'm going to get in a life group and now I'm going to choose to share my faith with other people who are in my world and this is what happens without even knowing, without even feeling, without even sensing, you end up living a life that is full of legacy because of the small choices and the small decisions that you've made day in, week in, month out, just small things because if you want to live a life of legacy, it doesn't start here, it starts over there and often on the journey you get frustrated because you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you were. Like, thank God I'm not where I started out, you're further on. And I just wonder, would your life not be better? Would your life not be better knowing that the impact that you're making, not only for God, but for the people of God, has been made better and benefited as a result of you dreaming big, but starting small. And my prayer as we start this series of Legacy is that we would all encompass a temple in your heart kind of spirit. Because let me tell you, like, like this where we're at, church, this is not the dream. This is a stepping stone. Just saying, like this is this is not the dream for our church, right? Like where we're where we are right now, we're on board, we're on mission, we're doing this together, but this isn't the dream. So for us to one day get in the dream, it's gonna take people who are committed to following Christ, to living life and getting the temple that is in their heart out of them. But legacy starts by dreaming big, but starting small. So church, time has gone. Can we stand to our feet? Let's pray and ask that God would help us do this and live this out. So with every eye closed and every head bowed for a minute, let's pray. Father in heaven, today we are asking that you would help us as your church to understand that you bless people and not places you bless the temple that is in our heart so would you today help us to be what James encourages us to be which is doers of your word and not mere hearers of your word so Holy Spirit would you help us to dream big and to start small would you help us to live our life for the benefit of You and the people of You. Would You help us, Holy Spirit, to bring the temple that is in our heart out, even if it means that we never walk as a recipient or in the promise of that dream that You've placed within us, like the farmer that plants the apple tree, knowing that he may never walk in and amongst the orchard. God, we wanna live that way as we follow you. Jesus' name. With every head still bowed and every eye still closed. Right now, the band are gonna sing, but just before they do, I'm just gonna say one short, simple prayer. And this is for maybe any of you that are in church today, but you've never made a decision to follow God. You've never even heard that there is a God that wants to bless you, but He is your maker, your creator, you are the apple of His eye. He, man, how He loves you. You've maybe never even heard about who is one and only Son, Jesus is. But right now, there is something going on on the inside of you that makes you say, I want in on that. I wanna to choose to follow Jesus. I wanna be a Christian. Well, if that's you right now, as we pray, you can just say these words after me in your heart. You don't have to do it out loud, but this is you choosing to become a follower of God. So while no one's looking around, no one's moving about, this is your holy moment between you and your Father in heaven. Say these words after me. Father in heaven, I wanna follow you. I wanna know who you are. So today, I'm giving you my life and I'm giving you my heart. Because I believe that You're real. And I believe in Your Son, Jesus. I don't understand it all, but through His death, I'm asking that You would forgive me of all of my sin and all of the wrong stuff that I do that stops me finding You. So from this point forth, I'm calling myself a Christian and I'm inviting you to live in my heart, amen. Church, let's worship together. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.